Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download on podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube, Music, TuneIn Radio and Spotify. This is Anthony the Bull Caruso and we are back with our comprehensive preview of New South Wales Premier Cricket for 2020-21 season. This week we'll be doing the second half in alphabetical order for what should be a cracking season as always. We need our squad together. So returning with me from the Cromer end of this podcast is the wise man himself, Matt Mears. Good evening to you. Oh, good evening, Mr. Caruso. Good evening to everybody out there in podcast land. Mate, after the, the cracking um, response that uh, part one got, I'm uh, very much looking forward to uh, part number two here. We've got some huge clubs to cover in the next hour and... Uh, as I said, I think there's uh, we shouldn't waste any more time, no more in the worlds or anything like that, but uh, we should just get straight into it. Absolutely. We we're hoping we'll be able to catch one of the newest recruits with UTS North Sydney in Brent Atherton, who's uh, made his way across from Penrith. He's currently tied up with work commitments, so hoping we might be able to catch him uh, before the end of the show. But in the meantime, we are welcoming one of our, re- our, one of our favourite sons, from your local Northern District ND Rangers. Uh, we love having him on the show. He loves being here. So why not bring him back? Daniel Anderson, good evening to you. Evening, boys. Uh, thanks for having me back and very excited to get into it. So we have, we have we do have a message we have to pass on uh, straight off because, of course, one of your old teammates, uh, Jimmy Kerr, is, uh, is probably going to be listening into this podcast right now. He did want to send on his regards. And you tell me, back in the day, he was actually a, a bit of a rapid bowler. Yeah, well, I think he's one of the quickest bowlers I've faced. He's um, also got one of the best rigs in Sydney as well. So oh. put those two things together, I, no, no, he's he, got a pretty good uh, recipe going on. Uh, no, he, he he absolutely does. He's playing football in the in the Manly Ringer area, and I can tell you now, he, he is still ripped. Uh, it is, it is it, it, me standing standing alongside him is absolutely shameful, and I will retain having my shirt on for time immemorial, especially if I'm standing right next to him. So. Um, look, as we mentioned, another 10 clubs to go through tonight. And at the end of the show, we'll give you the final bench predictions. Uh, we'll be posting these on, on our Facebook page so we can check just how badly we all went. And Matt Mears, uh, look, to be fair, it's, it's, it's not as hard as picking the Premier League. But as we know, New South Wales Premier Cricket, the best club competition in the world, throws up some absolute doozies from time to time. Yeah, and we and we predicted these very much out. There's been a lot, a lot of a uh, lot more water has rolled under the bridge since we actually did these predictions. So, I'm just going to put that out there right now because come the end of the season, yeah, we're going to get dragged over the coals from them. But we can only do with what we've got. But as I said, it's going to be a cracking competition as it always is. And I like the fact that we might get a, a different club up there that, that might not traditionally been in there. It, it, it's uh, good for the competition. It's great for the, the players to, to get a bit more of a spotlight and, and try and push for finals. Well, with day two about the staff, uh, about the start, the umpires strike back and huge arse are back in uh, position. Uh, I believe it has just ticked over 10 a.m. Let the games begin this is splinters and we're going to kick things off with the home club tonight northern district cricket club the nd rangers 
Um, a sort of middle-of-the-road season last year, Daniel, for the club, but already good signs that they're building up for something very special this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think last year we were probably a couple of pieces off in most grades. Um, I think we had a lot of talent there, but we probably just weren't quite um, all the way last year. And I think we've got some really, really exciting additions this year. And I think those players are going to make a huge difference um, to where we finish on the ladder this year, right from ones through to fives. Um, so really excited to see what we have um, in store for the club this season. And indeed, Mizzy, there are a couple of huge signings for NDs this year. I think these signings could actually make them a genuine dark horse for the competition. Oh, they're, they're certainly going to be up there. We'll discuss that in a moment. But uh, Chris Green coming home from from Manly, obviously a huge one. He'll be obviously dependent on how many uh, ISO bubbles he has to be in throughout the season. You'd expect him to at least be missing for the BBL period. Um, depending how big the New South Wales uh, one is, you, could, you might expect him to be in there. But when you look through the rest of the side and some of the other pickups, they're really great, solid club cricketers there would any they what any first grade club would be after and maybe that's the recipe for 2021 is that you you want the the, the solid above average grade cricketers that probably aren't going to be pushing for club uh, for for state or anything like that because they're going to be there all season and it lets you gel and perform together because you're on the park week in and week out together and, and just to go through a couple of those pickups there for uh, for Northern District, um, Daniel, a couple of decent names here. Axel Kalen making the move up the Pacific Highway from Gordon. George Furo making his um, making his return from East, and one that we're going to keep an eye out for in particular here, Lockie Shaw from the Sydney Cricket Club. Yeah, absolutely. We're really excited to have all those guys back. Um, Lockie was a local junior um, in the Hornsby area uh, before he moved to Sydney. So great to see him back. Um, the thing that with all these guys and all of our pickups this season that really stands out is they're not only great cricketers, but they're also great people. Um, and I think that's something we really focus on at NDs is making sure we have a club of good people, but also really good cricketers. So um, we're super excited to see these guys back playing and watching the nets, they're all on fire. So I'm really keen to see these boys um, achieve what they're uh, likely going to this season and push us up the ladder. Predictions here, uh, look, any team, it has to be said, any team that's led by Scott Rodgy is going to be very competitive. The addition of Kalen Green and Fura along with uh, Lockie Shaw, you know, it's going to give them some added depth. The only question mark I've got is in is in their bowling. Will it be bolstered now with these signings? You know, they're in danger, I think, of finishing that dreaded seventh again. I think that they could do better than that, but only because of the quality that's already in the top six. They may end up they may end up there, but a couple of results and they could be genuine dark horses for the competition, Matt Mears. Oh, definitely. Um even before uh, learning all the um, the the, the income, incoming players that we've just read out, um, I had them in that sort of seventh to tenth position. But when you look, you look, you read through that honour roll of, of what the guys have done in grade cricket, you're just like that just pushes them to be even better. Whether they can make the top six, obviously that's a different story. Um, they're obviously going to build on the Kingsgrove T20 Cup. A lot of T20 type players there. Um, they made the semi-finals last year. Expect them to go deep in that again. As for the main competition, I have them just missing out. But with this one, I 
pro- uh, probably will be proven wrong, I reckon, by the end of it, and they'll just make the six. And Daniel, of course, you'll be uh, you'll be backing the boys into the top six here. Absolutely. I'm uh, having seen the, the quality of the players we have, and I know there's a couple we haven't mentioned, like Toby Gray, um, who's an exceptional young player. Um, guys like John Wheeling and Dave Lowry have played hundreds and hundreds of first grade games. I think that experience is going to be really useful. And look, I'd, to be honest, I'd be pretty disappointed if we didn't make the six. But um, look, there's <laughs> a long time between now and then, but um, I think we'll make it. Let's go to the next team, the Penrith, the Penrith Panthers, the the club from the foot of the mountains. And after the highs they achieved a couple of um, over the last couple of years, it sort of came started coming crashing down from the Mizzy finishing a very disappointing twelfth, especially with the strength of their batting lineup. Well, that's what it's been built on, hasn't it? Um, obviously, you got the likes of, of Pat Cummins that are that are tied to the club, but you would not expect to see him playing this season. You, you, the Ryan Gibsons of the world, who did pick up a New South Wales contract, so whether you'll be seeing much of him this season for the the likes of mentioning Chris Green for for NDs being in those ISO bubbles again. But um, you, you look across the park, they again another another solid above average grade cricketing ability across most of the players, which is what you want in a year like this. But, uh, yeah, they're going to have to do a lot of improving from what we saw last year. And the big thing here with this lineup, Daniel, is that they are losing two of their main batsmen. Ryan Hackney's going over to Blacktown Mounties. And as we mentioned, Brent Atherton has left um, Penrith to join the, the North Sydney Bears. Yeah, look, big losses in the batting. Um, but at the same time, like guys like Cam Weir, um, Adam Bayless, I think are really, really good players. Um, I've seen a lot of them throughout my career so far, and I'm a massive fan of what they do, and I think they're going to take that step up and really give them a new level in the batting. And I think Ryan Smith, to be honest, is one of the best bowlers in Sydney. Um, so I think, to be honest, if those guys can fire and, and bring the other younger guys with them, I think it's um, a bit of a recipe for, for success for them. But obviously, as you said, it's it's tough to... I guess cover that batting that um that Hackney um leaves leaves them with. I, I've gone I've gone that they're going to be staying about the same Mizzy, uh only because there are clubs about around them that have got are going to be in a far worse position they are. I think they'll remain in that eleventh to fifteenth bracket. Yeah, they'll they'll finish about mid table. Um, you see with a lot of clubs that that are in their position, if they are losing likes of those players, they they, they seem to be picking up as well. Um, not picking anybody up is probably going to be a bit of their downfall is that the teams around them are either replacing what they're missing or, as in ND's case, they're, uh, they're, they're, they've more than covered what um, players they've lost. So it, it's going to be a tricky one for them. Um, they're going to have to have a few of those younger guys that uh, Daniel mentioned really step up for them. But, yeah, still mid-table, I think, will be a... Will be a good finish for them, but um, expect them to be a force in the T20 Cup as well, though. Well, Daniel, they do have a strength in the in the shorter forms of the game. They finished fourth in the limited overs, lost in the semi-final after a tie. They finished second in the Kingsgrove T20 Cup in the Thunder Conference, uh, and we've seen the strength they've got lower down. Fourth in the Thunder Conference for Poitavin Grey, third in fourth grade, fifth in second, second in fifth grade. There's some good strength in this club. It's just they're, they're, they're starting to become, I think, in certain aspects, a little bit weaker when it comes to the red ball form of the game. Where do you see them finishing? Um, I think you guys hit the nail on the head there. I think 
probably pretty similar um, to last year. I think it's as you mentioned, there's some really good strength in a lot of grades, and I think Penrith's a great um, breeding ground for all sports, um, including cricket. So. Um, hopefully those guys will continue to push and, and push from the, the lower grades up and put some pressure on those guys in higher grades. But I think you've, you guys hit the nail on the head there and I think it'll probably be pretty similar to last year. We then move across to one of the heavyweights in the competition now, the Randwick Petersham Cricket Club, the Randy Peets. Uh, they are the defending champions from last year in first grade. Um, not only that, they fin- they were grand finalists in the first grade limited overs. They finished first in the Sixers Conference in the Kingsgrove T20 Cup. But once you go past their first grade team, really not much to talk about on a club perspective, Mizzy. No, as I said, their, their strength has been uh, up the grades, and you can see why with the likes of Daniel Sams, Anthony Sams, Jason Sanger. We've even seen David Warner um, make appearances uh, in the past for them as well. They, they seem to be very top-heavy. I am missing people, Daniel Beldrummond and Eaton and Semple, and that's that's the reason why they're so top-heavy is that they can fill that, that first grade really well. But I think just being in the position that they are, it is hard to sort of get those juniors through and uh, and really be able to keep them and nurture them through those second to, to fifth grades, which is why they do struggle a little bit. But uh, as I said, again, for them, not, not having a huge lot of change and you're only really – well, Warner, you probably don't expect to make an appearance, but uh, Daniel Sams and maybe Jason Sanger – being in some of those ISO bubbles, they'll still have a lot of that core first-grade side that they traditionally have year in, year out. Um, they'll be very strong yet again this season. The the other thing that to bring to mind, Daniel, is the the loss of a couple of other players that may not be available. I mean, Will Affleck was a critical pickup for them last year. It was probably played a key role in them pushing ahead. But the other player that they're going to be missing is their English England import in Daniel Bell Drummond. Um, he won't be available this year due to COVID. Yeah, that's going to be a huge loss. Um, I know I watched him play once and I was just blown away by how good Bell Drummond was. Um, and I think, as you said, those guys like Sanger and Sams and, and Bell Drummond not being able to play because of the bubbles and, and COVID is going to impact them. But at the same time, they're such a class club. And as you mentioned, Affleck's a great player. Um, Semple's one of the, the best operators in first grade. And I think Riley Ayer is a really good player as well. Um, along with Daya Singh. So they've still got so much class in that team, but um, with those big names potentially not there for a lot of the season, that could be hard to overcome. I've gone top six, Mizzy, but if there was any ever a team that was going to drop out of the top six from last year, honestly, I think it could be Randwick-Petersham. Well, it all depends on who they can, can get out on the field. Obviously, they'll be, they'll be sweating on the likes of Dan Sams. Obviously, he's on IPL duty, Currently, they, they probably weren't expecting anything like that. Um, then he'll probably come back into the, the ISO bubbles for New South Wales and for the Thunder. After that, Sanger, who, where he'll be involved in those as well. Bell Drummond, obviously, um, not being able to come back out um, is, a, is a bit of a loss as well. But um, I think they've got enough around them that they can still um, make that top six. But as you said, there's always going to be teams that will come out of nowhere to... To, to make the, the six, and then all these are teams that will um, ex- be expected to make the six and just miss out. I wouldn't be surprised either way with the Randy Peets. Daniel, is this the team that makes way for Northern District's return to the top six? Well, <laughs> I hope so, but uh, <laughs> at the same time, I think look, these guys are so good, and I actually had them in my six anyway. Um, yeah. 
I think they're just going to be there and thereabouts. And you'd be a brave man to bet against a club like Randy Pete's. I think they're so strong and they deservedly finished where they did last year, right at the top. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I think they'll they'll be there. Um, but if it means we can get in, I'll I'll happily switch with them <laughs> this season. Let's go. Let's now go to the uh, what what was colloquially known as the Battle of Tom Ugly's Bridge. And you know, between these two clubs, we've seen some absolute dumb doozies for matches, especially in the Kingsgrove T20 Cup. First off, the northern end of Tom Ugly's Bridge. It is the St. George District Cricket Club, the Dragons themselves out, the Sultans' home club, as it were. <laughs> um, they, they finished ninth in, in first grade, 10th in the limited overs, and a respectable fourth in the Kingsgrove T20 Cup. And the significant news that came through, Mizzy, was uh, Peter Francis, who's been on, who's been on the bench before. Uh, he's left the Dragons to go to North Sydney. Well, that's big news for them because uh, North Sydney, uh, North Sydney, obviously getting a great player in Peter Francis. But uh, when you look at this St George size, and you and you look at some of the names there, your Moses Henriques, uh, uh, Curtis Pattersons, and the like, you, they're another team again that you just think if they can have a couple of those bigger names stick around throughout the season, they're going to be a title force. Um, Trent Copeland, they'll obviously be sweating on him being available as much as he can in between uh, Channel 7 commitments. Maybe they're sweating on them not getting the, the Channel 7 rights being cancelled so they can have him all season. I don't know. But uh, as I said, they're, they're always there or thereabouts. St. George, they're one of those clubs that when you've got the likes of Nick Stapleton's there, that, that are those above average um, grade players. But... Uh, don't seem to make the next level up. When you can have those guys available all year, they make you a force. It's going to be interesting to see who they can keep around all season. They're just another one of those clubs again where they're on the they're on that cusp. It all depends on player availability throughout the season. And there's two things that come to mind, Daniel, with this with this team. And the last couple of years where they had their big run, the limited overs competition, was off the back of the incredible form of Curtis Patterson. But what really worries me about the Dragons this year is that when you take out Peter Francis's 24 wickets and Trent Copeland possibly on TV duties, there's not much left in the bowling department for the Dragons. Yeah, well, there's a few guys there like Tom Ortiz and, and Joe Graham who've played a, a fair bit of first grade um, in their time. But um, look, to be honest, St. George's is one of the clubs I don't know a whole lot about. Um, they're kind of... Obviously, as you said, they've got players like Copeland and Patterson and Henriques and Hazelwood that come in and um, are so da- uh, dangerous come finals time. So the team, the team can change quite a bit throughout the season. So there's a lot of pressure on those guys, I guess, to get them to the finals. And if they get to the finals, they're always very, very hard to beat. And that's why they've won so many comps. So they're a pretty hard one to read, in in my view. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they go this season. I, I've picked them 7th to 10th this year. I just I don't think they'll quite... Make that make the finals there, Mizzy. Well, I had him in my sixth, but I, I again I just go back to what I said about the Randy Peets. That again, if they if they made the sixth, I wouldn't be surprised. But if they finished that seventh to tenth, I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, again, they'll just be sweating on player availability throughout the year. And Daniel, yes, yep, your prediction. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, look, I'd probably be about the same. Um, I reckon if, if they can get into the finals, I reckon they go all the way, but I reckon they'll probably just miss it um, with those guys probably being in the bubble um, throughout the, the season. 
Jeez, it's all about the bubble in this, isn't it? Um, a few teams are going to be on it at the moment. You wouldn't want you, you wouldn't want them to be playing poker because they'll be sweating um, when you're getting to the, coming up to the final table. We're going to move to our last team before we take our drinks break. Um, the Sutherland District Cricket Club, the Sharks, and after the highs experienced a couple of the years ago with some with some guy named Steve Smith who uh, decided to play a season after his first full season in a number of years with them. They've dropped back down uh, the ladder and they've uh, lost a few players, Measy. Well, they have. Um, uh, it said um, Luke Hawksworth uh, going to Western Suburbs, um, friend of the bench, Aiden Barriel, uh, moving to UTS North Sydney. Um, two big outs and, uh, again, not, not probably not having... Uh, some of those bigger players around as well, Ben Dorsius, uh, Shane Watson, who knows what his player availability is going to be like as well. So uh, not not looking the best at uh, Sutherland at the moment. And it's a, it's a real worry for them as well. And the other one as well, Daniel, we should mention, of course, is uh, Austin Moore. You know, word is completely giving the game away at this stage. Yeah, look, I've never met Austin. Um, I might have only played against him once. Um, so I actually don't really know him that well, but... Um, it's, it's a real shame if he has given the game up. I think he was a good, talented player. Um, and obviously, you never want to see anyone give the game up. Um, so, hopefully, he's all good. And um, hopefully, he's coming back to play. But, uh, yeah, I think that's that's the, the word on the street, I guess, that he's, he's not playing. But, yeah, hopefully, he's back soon. Yeah, well, sorry, Carissa. Just, yeah, that's that was news to me as well. But uh, we've called him a few times on our uh, Kingsgrove T20 coverage. He certainly has the talent. Um, of his old man, but maybe that's the problem is that he has to carry the burden of that surname. So hopefully maybe he can just be a temporary out. Maybe he can go back and uh, play with his mates. I wouldn't want to be the park cricket team if he decides to go and play some park cricket just with his mates to try and find the love of the game again. But uh, if he does, if he is lost to the game forever, he is a, a massive loss to the game. He, he, he certainly um, showed that he had the talent to, to be something special. Well, absolutely. The, that, that, that clip of us calling the Kingsgrove T20 day at the Sydney cricket ground when he took that absolute hanger um, to dismiss Curtis Patterson um, will forever be etched in Triple H sports history. Well, it's uh, available on our Facebook page if you want to go see it. So yeah, absolutely. We've got the vision. It's, it's, it's a great clip to watch. We have we do have to thank Bar TV for that vision as well. It was absolutely superb what they managed to do that day. Uh, for mine... They, they finished 16th. I think they'll finish 11th to 15th, probably around that 15th mark, only because there are teams that are, that are going to be plummeting far worse than they are. And I think, Mizzy, wickets are going to be a major issue for them, knowing that they've got to rely a lot on Tom Pinson, Dan Fallons and Jake Wilson. Well, yeah, again, I think they're going to be saved by yeah, clubs that are in a – in a worse position than them. As I said, they finished 16th in, in both the, the regular season and the um, limited overs. I expect them, they might improve a place or two, but that would be the most. Um, Fallon is obviously, he's got a Sixers contract, well, he has in the past. He could be missing at some points of the year. But again, when, when we were talking about um, Penrith before, where you lose some quality players, but you don't bring anybody in. That's obviously not going to uh, be a, a help to your side. So it's, yeah, that, that's just, again, what it comes down to, unfortunately, is that, yeah, they, they don't have a likes of a Steve Smith to parachute in and save them this season. They have to go with what they 
got and just unfortunately for them they'd, they'd like a few more uh, Steve Smiths in the cupboard to uh, to be able to trot out. Daniel, we've seen teams go through peaks and troughs, and obviously they they take a lot of take a lot to try and build up a um, to try and build up a squad. And while Sutherland had the that year with Steve Smith at the club, a lot has been made of how they haven't used that to capitalise the first grade team going forward. And it looks like this year could be the year that they realise the missed opportunity that they had. Yeah, potentially. Um, I think at the same time, they're probably a bit of a, a victim of their own success in some ways in terms of developing some great players. Like you've got guys like Dwarfus and Fallons um, and those kind of guys that have sort of gone on to play in competitions that will keep them out of it this year with the bubble. Um, I think that's almost a, a, a victim of their own success there that they might not have those guys. Um, yeah, I think Pinson will probably play more than he has in the past as well without second eleven. So whilst I haven't actually picked anyone up, I'll probably have him more than I normally would have. But um, yeah, it's going to be tough to really climb the ladder um, from where they were last year without any any new big additions. I think. And a prediction for yourself for them? Yeah, I think probably about the the same as you guys said. Probably around about that fifteenth um, area on the table. It's going to be a long year for the for the Sharks ahead. We're going to be coming up very shortly to our break, but one of the things we did want, did want to talk about is sort of um, going to Daniel about um, Northern District Cricket Club and how the the club really has you know built on the last couple of years, given the success they've had. First off, in Greenshield and the continued success of uh, of their Point of and Grey team. How much work has really gone over the last couple of years in sort of promoting those juniors, especially given that now the current first-grade team, a lot of them were part of that team that won that epic final against Manly in the second-grade comp a couple of years ago? Yeah, look, it's, it's really exciting um, for the club to see all the hard work pay off. Um, I think the team and the, the squad we have at the club at the moment is a product of, A, the, a great committee um, led by Jerry Hook at the moment, but Mike Langford in the past and um, Graham Gorey, among others, um, have really put a big focus on developing our juniors and putting our green shielders and, and PGs players in a good position to stay at the club and um, also to the local association, Hornsby Karingai. They do a great job of producing juniors. Um, and as you said, they've come through. Guys like Scott Rogie, um have come through the system and um, from Hornsby Karingai and now have circled back to play for NDs. So um, I think it's really pleasing to see that. And obviously our focus has been on developing our juniors all the way through and making sure that, as I said before, we have good people at the club and um, we actively promote that we're a club for good people. Um, and I think that attracts other good players to the club as well. So... Um, playing the game the right way, investing in our juniors and having really good leadership from our committee, I think is uh, probably the reason why we're looking pretty strong at this point of the year. And the relationship with the women's um, division in the comp- in the club is um, is going particularly strong now that you've got a very talented young squad developing there as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so proud of the girls at our club. Um, girls like Annika Leroy, um, she's just taken the world by storm at the moment. Um, did really well for NDs last year and Picked up a first um, professional contract this year and also got a contract with Thunder. Um, Lauren Smith's doing a great job and we've got so many good young girls coming through. And again, it's down to um, really dedicated committee members on the on the overall side of the club. And I know um, male players, we all go down to training um, every week and try to help, the, help out with some skills and with some coaching when we can. And um, we all get to know each other really well. And we had a, a motto last year of one, which was one club. And that was really evident because... Um, there's a lot of crossover between the two clubs, and including um, our all abilities wing of the club and our Special Olympics. Um, we all sort of work together, and 
that's really really exciting from a from a club point of view and I really enjoy following the scores of, of all our women's players because they're all doing such a great job and so good to see some of them getting rewarded with professional contracts now well with that we're going to take our drinks break and we'll be right back with the second half the well I really should be saying the final set of clubs for the preview of tw- season 2020-2021 you're listening to Splinters the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download on podcast.com Apple Store, YouTube Music, TuneIn Radio and Spotify, we'll be right back Welcome back to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download on podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, TuneIn Radio and Spotify. Anthony the Bull Caruso back with the wise man, Matt Mears, and our special guest from Northern District Cricket Club, Daniel Anderson, to talk about New South Wales Premier Cricket for Season 2020-21, try saying that five times um, <laughs> in, a, in a very quick manner, or indeed, try saying that with a mouthful of marshmallows. Well, so, even even that wheat cordial that you uh, produced at the drinks break, mate, uh, oh, I think you need go. to do some more work on that. Yeah, oh of course. <laughs> you, just, you could not help yourself, mate, could you? you know, mate, we do these enough. But we've got to bring out the old favourites, no, mate. Well, just wait till just wait till the boys down at Gordon find out about that. They'll be absolutely roasting us next time we're down there calling Kingsgrove T Twenty Cups. Speaking of which, Matt Mears, we do know that the that the first schedule has come out for Kingsgrove T Twenty, and we could be calling as early as October. Yeah, um, we, we've seen uh, at, at the time of recording, probably by the time this comes out, we'll have a, a bit more of a draw. But at time of recording, we've actually seen when um, the, the T20s are scheduled. And uh, I can tell you, if you like T20s on Triple H, we're going to have plenty of them coming up at you uh, before Christmas. Um, we're looking at uh, the... Uh, we're looking at it here, and uh, pretty much as soon as the season starts, there's no rest for the wicked. Um, October 11th, we're looking at the first uh, T20 Kingsgrove match, and then you, you've got 25th of October, the 1st of the of November, the 8th of November. It just keeps going on. So there's about seven, ma- seven or eight matches um, before Christmas. I know the players will have a bit of respite. They get some um, matches off and some buys throughout it, but... Uh, I know here on Triple H we'll probably be calling a gr- at at one ground at least um, throughout um, October, November, December. So we're really excited. Obviously, we've not been able to call anything on a Sunday due to COVID and our usual rugby league comment- uh, telecasts or radio casts have not been going ahead. So to have Kingsgrove back and we can go back to having Sunday live at the ground, we're really, really excited. And hopefully we'll be able to get some absolute stonkers of matches, including, Daniel, that amazing match last year at Mark Taylor Oval. Oh. Uh, the super over between Northern District and Western Suburbs. What a match that was. My heart only just recovered from that, so thanks for uh, bringing it up again. Be, uh, hopefully we have a few more comfortable wins this year, but um, yeah, I reckon the boys might need a bit of a break over Christmas with all that slogging. Over the, uh, over the next few months. So, yeah, hopefully get a few more easier wins. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you guys became sort of the experts of the uh, the heart-stopping wins. I think you had two of your wins during that season in a super over, did you not? 
Yeah, I think so. I was um, I was injured all last season, so I didn't I didn't get out to a couple of the games um, out west. But some of the boys pulled off some unbelievable knocks from Will Buttleman and Nathan Maskell, um, and Jack Shelley played some unbelievable knocks to get us home in the last sort of few balls. So um, yeah, I think we're <laughs> as I said, hopefully we're going to make it a bit easier this year, so we don't uh, test our hearts out as much. But much to see how it goes. Well, let's get straight back into the preview. We're going to be moving on to one of the heavyweights of the competition. We think they're going to be there or thereabouts. Once again, Matt Mears, it is the Sydney Cricket Club, the old the old Balmain Tigers, now the Sydney Tigers. They finished fourth last year, and the, there is very little change in this lineup. They've only lost Safan Hassan over to UNSW, but, geez, this is still a very dangerous lineup. Oh, when you go through some of those names, you, you look at Ryan Fels, uh, Jason Mosca, um, Nick Gubbins, Bo McClintock, uh, Nick Bills, your favourite player, um, the, the Menanti brothers, Anthony Mosca, Nathan Souter, the list goes on and on and on. Um, I think it'll be... They'll, they'll obviously have um, little effect on with bubbles going around, probably only really Ben Menanti going into uh, the... Um, Sixes bubble at some stage, but uh, they're one of those ones again where they're going to have pretty much the same team as last year. They're just going to keep going on, going on as they normally do. And uh, yeah, with that quality across the park, there's some that I'm even forgetting. They'll they'll be up there or thereabouts again this season, definitely in the top six. And, and Daniel, the, the only player that's sort of not there from the last couple of years, and we know he's not going to be here because of COVID, and now being selected for the England squad, but Zach Crawley, that year, the one year he had over here in, in New South Wales Premier Cricket really has catapulted him onto bigger and better things. Yeah, well, it shows you the strength of the competition in Sydney that guys can come over from the UK and, and do such a great job and then um, take that experience home with them. So I think that's really, really cool to see that um, he's – obviously picked up some things over here and tested his skills and gone back and springboarded from there. So that's really, really cool to see, I think. Let's let's not underestimate either Mirzi, the influence that longtime player coach Dan Smith has had on this team. They're, they're a strong attacking team. Uh, there really is no weak spots in this lineup, but they've got their full strength. I'm predicting top six, and I think they'll be competitive again. Oh, of course. So when you look through both the, the batting and the bowling, they're, they're probably, when we've talked about other teams, you go, yeah, they can make their runs, but can they take 10 wickets or the other way around? Um, they can take the 10 wickets, but do they have enough runs in them? When you look through the when you look through both, there's four or five batsmen that are going to make the runs, and there's at least four bowlers that are going to be able to take 10 wickets between them. So when you, when you can say that about a, a club and a, and a first-grade team, then they have to be near the pointy end come the end of the season. And, uh, Daniel, do you see the, a repeat here for, for Sydney this year? I do. To be honest, I think they'll be top three in all, all three formats. Um, looking across their lineup, you've got guys like Felsch, um, who's just a weapon in the T20 stuff. Uh, Matty Rogers is a gun. Nick Bills is awesome. Um, I think Harry Menenti is going to have a huge year this year. I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, the video of him slogging him around um, recently, but I think he's just been getting better and better every season. Um, and, and this year, without having the injury um, sort of cloud over his head like he had at, at times last year, I think he's going to have a huge year. And look, I'd be surprised if they're not top three in all three formats. Now let's we go then go on to the the students the Sydney Sydney University Cricket Club uh, they you know, perennial high achievers in the competition they finished second last year they won the limited overs competition they were a little bit disappointing in the in the T20 cop in the T20 Cup 
Um, but it has to be said, Mizzy, their, their biggest strength has been their consistency. And once again, they're going to go into this into this competition with absolutely no change in their lineup. Well, again, and stability will reign supreme this year because um, if you can keep that talent that you had last year on the field, then and particularly at the level that Sydney Uni play, and Sydney Uni, Sydney Uni, when there's we're going to play ducks and drapes, we're not going to hide it. As I said, Sydney Uni always make sure they're going to be at the top of the competition. Obviously, we, we heard Hayden Kerr has got a Sixers contract um, this week. He'll be obviously be missing at some points to be part of the bubble. Nick Larkin as well will be uh, on New South Wales duty. But other than that, they're not going to be missing a lot. And as I said, they've, they've been able to play without them in the past. So I don't see anything being... I think it's going to be par for the course with, with uni, top six, finals time. Here they come. Daniel, there's no real standout player with the exception of probably Larkin for for Sydney University. And certainly when you look at them play, they, they seem like a fairly unremarkable team. But it's the fact that they play a, a style of cricket that's perfectly suited for New South Wales Premier Cricket without, all the, without any of the bells and whistles. And they just keep churning out these performances year in, year out. Yeah, they're, just, they're a tough cricket team. And the whole club, really, like they just know how to... Um, influence those young players coming through. So they play the Sydney Uni brand and they just play tough and play hard. And as you said, that really epitomises what New South Premier Cricket is all about. Um, and as you said, like there's there's not really one standout because they're all such good players. Um, I know looking through the list, guys like Joey Kershaw, I think, is um, actually pretty underrated for the bowler he is. And he's a good bat as well. Um, and then you can go through the whole list and say how good they are. So, um, look, I think they're a tough team. Um, they're always going to be tough. And I'd say they're probably going to finish right at the top again this year. And really, the only loss they've had over the last couple of years, Mizzy, was uh, was Tim Lay, who has uh, decided to give up Premier Cricket and is playing with his his schoolmates over at um, over at Roseville. A big pickup, of course, for the Roses themselves. But um, you know, it just really does speak to the strength of this of this Sydney University lineup that the loss of a bowling all rounder in Tim Lay hasn't affected them at all. Well, uh, firstly, I'm impressed about how stoic and, and emotionless you talked about Roseville because uh, we obviously know your feelings to the Roseville club but um, again that, that's just the way that they do it at um, Sydney Uni is that as Dan said there's there's no standout player because they're all at that level and um, they'll be they, they're planning a year two years in advance and they they have those guys coming through that, that can replace guys that are retiring or moving on and, and, re, and replace them seamlessly and the machine keeps going. Well, let's move on to a team that probably needs a machine reset at the moment. It's the University of New South Wales Cricket Club, the Bumblebees. And it's it's been a fall from grace for a team that, you know, once was a major force within New South Wales Premier Cricket back in the 80s and the 90s when they were being led in particular by uh, a certain Jeff Lawson opening the bowling for them. Uh, and I think it's going to be a... a, a, a proved to be a tough season last year and I don't think it's going to get much better for them. No, certainly not. Um, they said one, the one big name they do have is obviously Matt Gilks. Again, Biobubbles, um, New South Wales and the Thunder. So I, I really would, it would, you might get one or two games at the most throughout the year, but uh, you look through the rest of the names and uh, they're not going to deliver what um, the, the bigger teams in the competition are. They're not going to be easy beats, but uh, at the end of the day, they're, they're still not going to be competing for finals. 
Um, they'll be in that. They'll be definitely be in that bottom in that bottom ten, probably towards fifteenth. But uh, I said a young side, which is probably advantageous to them. They've only got they've only got up to go. Daniel, this is a lineup that was sort of looking to go mid-table. The loss of uh, Marcus Atala was probably one of the um, the most painful losses they had. A kid who had built himself up and developed a reputation as a genuine all-rounder before moving on to eastern suburbs. And you just got you got a sense that that was going to hurt them. We didn't realise how bad it was going to hurt them last year. Yeah, I'm such a big fan of the, of the uh, Atala boys. I think they're both such class cricketers. Um, and as you said, like they made such a big impact to that club. Um, so when Marcus left, I think that's um, obviously a big hole to fill. Um, I think obviously they're in a rebuilding phase at the moment. Uh, and I think AJ Isherwood and, and Safan um, Hassan are going to be good pieces in that rebuild um, to start getting them back to where they want to be. Um, but I think, as me, as you said, probably sitting about 15th this year. And uh, on an interesting aside with this as well is um, there's a loss of it. You talk about having a, a cauldron, a, a traditional home ground that you loved going to play at no matter what. And I remember the old days of going down to the university myself, Daniel, and the village being able to play at the village green was probably one of the biggest – or just being hanging around there was certainly one of the best, biggest joys of being at, a student at UNSW. Of course, that's gone now. And they're having to play at Dave Phillips South, which is – just really does doesn't have the the soul you would expect from the village green to make matters worse having to rely on on a ground like alexandria park as your third field yeah well as you said it was such a great ground village green i'm absolutely devastated it's gone now i think um, i love playing there it was not only probably the best wicket um in the comp on its day but it was just as you said such a great fiber on the ground and such a really cool place to play cricket, and um, I've never been to um, whereas Alexandria Alexandria Park um, before. You but don't want to, you don't <laughs> want to be there. For those of you who don't know about Alexandria Park, this is a ground that has actually got two fig trees on the field. Oh, um, right. And not what's worse is that uh, the City of Sydney Council, in particular, some one Clover Moore, when they made moves to try and have the trees move, Clover Moore Heritage listed the trees. Right. So they have to bring the boundary in well in about 30 metres inside the fence to fit. So the boundary is only 50 metres on certain sections of the field. Interesting. It's such a small <laughs> field. It's it's such a bad field in terms of the way the boundary set up. Even I scored runs there. Then that's that's a worrying <laughs> sign. I've I've played a couple of fields in England that have trees on them. It can be a it can be a, a bit of a charming type thing, but uh, if it's letting you score runs, then obviously there needs to be an investigation. There, there clearly <laughs> needs to be an investigation. I mean, the investigation shouldn't be just about the the standard of play there. So <laughs> um, let's move on to the let's move on to our second last team, the UTS North Sydney District Cricket Club, the UTS North Sydney Bears. And Mears, this is a club that, you know, a couple of weeks ago we spoke about the resurgence of the Bears. They have been the big improver over the last five years, and this year doesn't show any signs of slowing up. Yeah, well, if you haven't already listened um, to the the podcast with uh, with Sammy Alexander, their club captain, I recommend that you go back and listen to it. It's about four weeks ago, and uh, he talks a lot about, well, he, he talks a lot about creating yourself. Well, that's just worth the, the listen alone, but... Uh, 
the the change in the club of, of UTS North Sydney that, that they've had in the last few years from uh, the Crossway brothers coming in um, to them actually leaving and going back to Victoria to to the, the what they've been able to build post uh, Crossway era as well. It's just fascinating, and uh, sometimes it's just what clubs need. They they need a little bit of a rejuvenation. They need. Um, just something just to click. And uh, I, I know from people that I know at North Sydney in the lower grades saying um, once once they sort of had this this influx that started with the, the crossways, even just at training, there was just this different aura. Everyone was a bit sharper. Everyone trained a bit harder. And, and you can see that really has translated to their results on the field. And uh, I, when the crossways did leave, I thought that that could potentially – disappear with them but they've shown that they they didn't lose any, they didn't lose a beat they still scraped into the six and uh when you look through some of their pickups that they've got this year as well um you would expect them to to be in that six or fifth spot again Daniel, this is a team that's gone through some major changes. It's been changed for the positive. Um, they have lost their opening batsman, Ben Bryan, who's gone over to Manly. As we've mentioned before, they've picked up Aidan Barriel from Sutherland, Peter Francis from St. George, Brent Atherton from Penrith. Uh, and they're going to be coming into this competition full of confidence, especially considering that their opening bowling partnership of Matt Alexander and James Campbell between them took 72 wickets. It's pretty amazing, isn't it, really? 72 wickets. Um, Matty Alexander bowls uh, uh, with an action. You can never pick it up, so I'm not surprised by that. Um, but, yeah, as you said, they, they really had a, a big change. They were um, probably in a bit of a holding pattern for a number of years there um, for a while. And when the crossweights came, um, they just changed that culture. And similar to what we spoke about before, when you have a good culture, good people come and good players come to the club. And they picked up really well this year um, with those players that you mentioned before. Um, I think Benny Bryant is going to be a, a bigger loss than, than you think. Um, he's, a, he's a good mate of mine, Benny, and I think he, he's a really good player and a really good guy to have around the team. Um, so losing him is going to be a big loss, and Manly's got a good pick up there. But um, as you said, those other guys coming to the club are going to, going to add a lot to what is already a very strong team. The other thing we should mention is Warren Mearsy. Of course, the announcement that came through a couple of days ago of a new member of the coaching staff, one SCG McGill now joining the coaching staff at UTS North Sydney. Well, depending on which SCG McGill they get will uh, be interesting. Obviously, heard some interesting stories on the field of, of Mr. McGill and uh, from some umpire friends that uh, maybe doesn't want to pass on those sort of traits. But to any spinners in that club, just to be able to sit under his learning tree, to be able to still take 200 test wickets when he when he played in the, the same generation as, as Shane Warne in the same era, in the same side a couple of times, um, it just shows how good he is and, and what he can do on the field. So, again, to what Daniel says, when you can attract, when you've got that culture, it's not just players that you can attract, it's it's coaches, it's, it's people around the club as well. So... As I said, I think it'll be as long as they don't sort of listen to to uh, how to act to umpires. Um, I think he's going to be a great um, addition to uh, the North Sydney setup, and uh, yeah, that's just going to attra- want to attract spinners to the club to sit under his learning tree. I think I hope Daniel. The only thing that he's going to be teaching them off the field is how to how to sip a good wine. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'd take it. I have uh, no knowledge of wine whatsoever, so I'd happily have a lesson on how to drink it. I, I'm tipping top six, and I and I am putting my neck out as well. After the last couple of years of getting burned about um, underpicking the Bears, I am calling them my dark horse. 
Yeah, they'll they'll be in the top six. Whether they whether they're on the same plane as some of the teams we mentioned before, I'm not sure. But um, they're not in the they're not in the likes of, of the Randy Pete's etc. That that could make it might not. They'll they'll definitely be in the top six. Daniel, I your agree. prediction? Yeah, I agree. I think as I said, I think Benny Bryant's probably a big loss, but they've got so much um, talent there. I think it'd be uh, pretty brave to not pick him in the six. And we come to the last team, team number 20 in alphabetical order. It is the Western Suburbs District Cricket Club, the Western Suburbs Magpies. Um, an improved season for this club, Mirzi, that if they have their full lineup, they are actually one of the – they would be considered one of the best clubs in the competition. They will never have their, um, their team together. There's been some further changes announced as well, and we'll touch on that very shortly. Um, but the, the big – pickup for them last year was the emergence of Muhammad Irfan Jr. And we were talking in the second half of the year, the, the bowling stats were coming from him from his seven matches. Well, 32 wickets in seven matches. I don't know. doesn't matter what level of cricket you're playing. is just, that's just amazing. Like uh, he, he really turned around the fortunes of, of Western suburbs and, and pulled them up the table. Like, uh, Ended up finishing 10th last year. You, you probably go back to our previews last season. We would not have had them that high in, in the in the reckoning. But um, as I said, hopefully he'll be available for them. If not, it's going to be more hard work. They do rely on John O'Cook. Again, we're going to go back to it. He'll be in the bubble for the, the Thunder. Um, so they'll be missing him for a lot of the season. But uh, there's some names there that the Josh Clarks of the world, um, they're going to have to... They're going to have to pull their weight and then some, but um, I don't think they'll be totally embarrassed. They'll, they'll, they'll still put a good representations of themselves out there, but they're just lacking that little bit extra that those top sides seem to have that, that make, that helps you get into that top six. And Daniel, the, the, a couple of losses for this club. You mentioned AJ Isherwood, who's, who's moved on to UNSW. The other one that's a little bit underrated there is Quincy Titterton, who has joined Gordon this year. Oh wow, that's um, that's big news. I didn't know that. Um, Quincy's actually one of my favourite players in grade cricket. I don't know <laughs> if you've ever watched him play, but he's one of the most entertaining cricketers um, going around. So that's a, it's a shame they've lost him. Um, he'll be a big loss for them and a good pick up for Gordon. Um, I think for me this year, it all really depends on what um, Big Muhammad Irfan um, manages to to do and if he's playing um, that many games. I think. They've got so much uh, class with Josh Clark, Sarakis, um, Sammy McMahons. I think one of the best keepers in the comp. Um, so I think if, if Mohamed Irfan bowls really well and, and takes wickets, I think they're going to be pretty hard to, to stop. So I'd actually have them pretty high up um, on the table, probably around about that sixth spot, give or take a couple of spots. I've gone, Mizzy, I've gone seventh to tenth for the Magpies. I think they will improve, not enough. I, I'd have to agree with that. Um, they, they just lack something to make that top six, but um, they'll, they'll certainly be competitive throughout the year. Um, and yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be that seven to tenth, probably closer to tenth. But um, they'll give some of the big sides a run for their money. Just watch out. So we're going to get Daniel to join us with, with some of the predictions here. But just comparing what we've, uh, what Mizzy and I have tipped for the uh, the top six so far. Here are the teams where we absolutely agree that these these clubs will make the top six. It is for us. It'll be Bankstown, Randwick, Petersham, Sydney, Sydney University, UTS, North Sydney. And the differences between Mizzy and myself at this point is that I've tipped Manly to make the top six, while Mizzy has gone with St George. Daniel, your thoughts on the top six is there, and would you make any changes from that? 
I'd say probably maybe if he's going to join us, it's probably be St. George and Manly dropping out for NDs at this rate. Yeah, you, are. you might have read my mind there. I reckon NDs uh, probably in that top six. I'm going to throw us up in that uh, in that top top bracket. Um, I think, as you said, Manly, I think a really good chance um, of being in there. And I do think West could potentially sneak in and, and maybe even Parramatta as well. Um, so it, it could be an interesting one, um, maybe instead of Bankstown, but pretty much um, pretty similar to what I had. And we're going to go out on a limb here. Mirzi, your wooden spoon for this year. Oh, that, that's a hard one. Um, you, you probably, if, if, if all comes true, um, Blacktown, I, I still think that the relationship with Mounties, and, and I, I mentioned it in part one, is obviously we've, we've not seen Mounties field any of their sides uh, in the rugby league competition, um, obviously due to the, the impacts of COVID on, on their cash flow. Um, there's a lot of big, lot of big happenings at Blacktown that obviously if the money is not there, they might come, they might not come to fruition. So, um, that, that could make for a long, hard year, uh, for them. But, um, as I said, Campbelltown, Camden, if they have those big losses, including uh, the likes of Burke and the like, um, they could also be down that end of the table as well. But, uh, as I said, yeah, probably too hard to judge at this point, but, um, yeah, as I said, someone has to come last, but, um, yeah, it'll, it won't be due to lack of trying. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think the Jarrah foreign lesion is going to be too much of a hole to cover for Campbelltown Camden. They are my tip for the wooden spoon. Daniel, are you going to stick your neck out on this? Uh, it's it's pretty tough. I think I'd probably go either Blacktown, Fairfield or Campbelltown. Um, hard to sort of pick uh, one, but if I had to, I'd, I'd probably go Blacktown. Blacktown as well. Well, there you are, ladies and gentlemen. That is the wrap of the preview for New South Wales Premier Cricket season 2020-2021. It's going to be an unusual season. It's going to kick off in uh, this week, actually, I should be saying, with round one of the competition. It will be first and second grade only that will be competing to start off with. From there, we will be then seeing grade three through to five starting on the 31st of October. So, there will be a bit of time before the rest of the competition comes in, but with signs that the COVID situation in Sydney slowly improving, we might be able to get some cricket in. We can only hope. Of course, we remind everyone, of course, to make sure you do engage in your in your physical distancing and, of course, make sure you are, of course, aware of the changes in the rules for shining a ball. That's going to be crucial for uh, later parts of the innings. But with that, that is Stumps here on Splinters. I want to thank my uh, co-host tonight, the wise man, Matt Mears. Always a pleasure. Uh, always a pleasure to be here with you. I'm glad we're not getting into the uh, the, the rubbing of the ball again like we did last time. Um, however you need to do it, just I'm glad I'm not on your team. But uh, as I said, it's been great to go through the, the preview again. Can't wait to head out on um, Sunday. Um, starting October the 11th and um, be calling Kingsgrove T20 Cup again for Triple H. Our special guest, Daniel Anderson from Northern District Cricket Club. Thank you for joining us once again. Great to have you back on the field and we're looking forward to seeing you on the field and hopefully calling some cricket down at Mark Taylor Oval. No worries, guys. It's going to be a weird season, but it's going to be exciting and um, I can't wait to hear you boys up at MTO calling us again. So thanks for having me.
Absolutely. That is Stumps here on Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download on podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, TuneIn Radio and Spotify. On behalf of the wise man, Matt Mears, and our special guest, Daniel Anderson, my name's Anthony the Bull Caruso. As always, run hard or run home. Good night. Good night.